Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. I am your host, Jake Abrams, alongside Nick Yurko, a.k.a. the Duke of Hobbies. Jake, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Just working, uh, you know, just kind of like that whole Scott Stackley thing. Just working hard, working uh, every day this week. Just been uh, pretty busy with work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am. I can tell you I'm been pretty excited. I've been busy with dealing with my house because I'm slowly moving. I'm creeping in, creeping into my own home. Uh, but I uh, got all the rest of the parts I need to set up my network in my house. And hopefully then that means... Uh, by the time something else comes up, which we will get to later in the episode, yes. uh, I should be taking over and saving you some of the headaches on the technical side. Oh, that would be awesome. I mean, I am <laughs> learning a lot on the fly. I'm a yeah. very big, I'm a big newbie when it comes to any of this technology computer stuff, uh, streaming, but I'm, I'm learning. Uh, I think my quality is starting to get up a little bit better. No, Obviously, you know, a lot to learn from there, but um, yeah. Um, but that's enough about us um, talking about streaming and everything. This is probably one of my favorite streamers on Twitch, um, a world cast player. Um, we got Sunichi himself, Pedro Torres. How are we doing today? Yeah. Hello, guys. Uh, I'm doing really well. Thank you for inviting me uh, for this uh, podcast. So, yeah, really happy for, for being here. I'm doing well, doing great. Uh, I really focus on streaming lately, but mm-hmm. having so much fun uh, playing Pokemon online now that we cannot play in real life, sadly. But yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you again for joining us because, you know, Jake has been, he's been harping on me. We got, got, I really want to reach out to him. I really want to talk to him. And I was like, I was like, all right, (laughs) I'm all for it. And and then he sent me a bunch of stuff and I started watching and I'm pretty much, uh, I'm a follower. So (laughs) it's been great. But for the people that don't know who you are, um, tell us a little bit about yourself um, and your, your Pokemon background. Yep. Um, So while I'm better from Spain, um, I play competitively since like 2013, 2014. I started playing. We didn't have uh, organized play in Spain. So the two, thir- the two, three first years I started playing was just with friends in like local shows, but nothing official because no organized play in, in our country. And then I started competing uh, kind of more seriously in like 2016 with uh, my first regional, like the old era regionals. Um, that every country with an organized play has a regional or more than one regional. Uh, so I went to Portugal next to Spain and I participated in my first regional uh, in, in Porto, in the city of Porto. And I won uh, my first regional I played. Uh, well, it was a small regional because- wow. <laughs> it was Still like congrats, all the jealous. Like, <laughs> 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 um, it was like a small regionals because it was like all the contests. So was like, 30, 40 players, more or less. Um, and yeah, until that point, my only test so far was locally with friends, uh, not official, just playing for fun, and TCG online back on the day. So when I become champion in my first regional, I said, all right, maybe I'm good at this game, or can I start to be good at this game if I practice more? And that's how my career starts at Pokemon. After that regional, I become then a top eight at a London International. And 2017 in February, I went to Australia to play Pokemon <laughs> and also visit the country, of course. But uh, playing Pokemon was the excuse, and I become uh, the first international Oceania champion uh, wow. in 2017. So that's why we start playing. Yeah, so many uh, hours playing online, uh, so many hours testing with my local friends just uh, mm-hmm. for fun and then start competing and doing well so that's my my start of the story yeah wow that's that's an incredible journey and you know that's that's something a lot of us i know jake was like jealous uh, yeah um but it, honestly it's that's an amazing um you know do you have any idea what really kind of brought you into pokemon in the first place though yeah, for example, um, to start with Pokemon, um, I always loved Pokemon uh, from the beginning. Like I started playing Pokemon Yellow in the Game Boy, Game Boy Pocket. My my parents bought me the game. I really love Pokemon, like since the anime, probably watching the anime. So everyone, I guess, with my uh, when you are a child, right, and you start watching Pokemon, you always love the idea of capture things or mm-hmm. the collection stuff, right? So that's why I started playing and loving Pokemon and. 
I was collecting cards at the beginning, only collecting for fun. And then at some point, a friend told me like, do you know that there is not only collection, there is always, there is also like a competitive league game. I had no idea. I was like, no, I only thought the game was just uh, for collecting because before Pokemon trading card game, I never played any trading card game in my life. I played uh, chess for like 20 years. I started playing chess with like five and uh, I stopped at like 25. I still play chess, but just for fun and uh, not competitively. So that was my my hobby or my sport during so many years until Pokemon uh, TCG come at my life. And then I started to know what is a trading card game. So that's, that's what awesome. like the starting point. Yeah. That's that's really cool. <laughs> that's a heck of a journey. <laughs> and uh, did you, um, I, you know, real quick before we move on is because I'm interested in this chess journey. Because, yeah, I was just about to ask. <laughs> yeah, it, with chess. Um, have you seen any preparation uh, from chess, your experience from chess carry over into Pokemon at all? Yeah, definitely. I guess it helped me a lot because, for example, when I played chess competitively, I was a um, Spanish champion uh, like for like regions, uh, not individual. I was, I remember always my parents told me like, uh, they promised me kind of if I become Spanish champion uh, uh, when I was a child, like because in, in chess, there is like, different categories like football is like under 10 under 12 under 14 so the categories like uh in, in chess is like football so it's like every two years so i was told by my parents all right if you get spanish champion at some point like under 10 under 12 or whatever we will go to japan that was my dream so that pressured me and pushed me a lot to actually uh, play better and study more to get that i never become individual spanish champion i was like a Top four, top five, top seven, and top nine. But I become champion like for teams. Like I in Spain, there is like a lot of regions, right? So my region become Spanish uh, champions by team. So chess definitely helping me a lot because competitively playing chess for like 20 years, some games you need to be sitting, for example, for like seven hours for just one game. And sometimes you mess it up or you misplay in the last move. And you lose everything you get in the other seven hours, right? So I guess it helped me a lot to like the competitive thing, like the focus, like the mind games and the having a really psychological stuff in the game that probably, in my opinion, is something that gives you the extra to be a pro player because there is a lot of good players. There is a lot of uh, players that succeed. But what difference the good players to the pro players that actually top leveling in the world, like Azul or like Thor uh, every single year is probably that mindset difference that uh, you need to have a really good mind because sometimes you will be in situations like you lose win and ins or you lose a lot of money playing in an international world wars in just one game and you need to have a good mind to doesn't affect you a lot and uh, you know so that chess helping me a lot to have this uh, really good mind in pokemon so it's kind of similar in that aspect and i guess so many people miss that part to actually become like pro player for example Right. Yeah, mental exhaustion. Jake exactly, and I know yeah. that experience with it, uh, playing our some of our games growing up too. And then also, like you said, handling tilt is is exactly. a major factor. So that's really neat. That's a that's really cool that you got to actually get to carry that on between uh, between the two games. And that's especially coming in from just to a TCG. They are mm -hmm. two separate beasts, but at the same time, you know, like I, I see that similarity. So thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. That's, that's really cool info. Yeah, um, definitely. But we do have a standard set of questions that we ask any guests that are on the first time. We'll let Nick start this one off uh, this week. All, all right. So you already mentioned that you played one of the video games, but now uh, which who is your favorite starter from Pokemon? So my favorite starter is going to be funny for so many people because they hate in Twitter sometimes. Uh, <laughs> But my favorite starter is Bulbasaur. Uh, I remember when I started playing Yellow, it was my, uh, well, you needed to pick Pikachu, but then you get Bulbasaur at some point in the game. Mm -hmm. I really liked Bulbasaur in the beginning. And I remember when I went for like, uh, uh, like the stores, like the party stores in some places that you can participate with tickets and you get some plushes if you like yourself. I don't know the, the name in English of that. It's like, <laughs> the part is a stuff that you spend tickets and if you're lucky you get a plush you know so yeah, that yeah. stuff i got like a big uh bulbasaur plush 
that I have still in my room and the Universal Flash has like 20 years probably. <laughs> uh, that's why it's my favorite starter and I guess it's going to be still the same for sure. For sure, that's awesome. <laughs> okay, so um, Bulbasaur, your favorite starter. Um, mm-hmm. Is that is Bulbasaur your favorite Pokemon or what? I guess what is your favorite uh, Pokemon in general? My favorite Pokemon is Ninetales. Um, mm-hmm. nice. I really like it since I watched it in the anime. Uh, and yeah, it was always like beautiful it's kind of kind of cool so i really like nine tails and right now for example i collect every nine tails card exists uh, mm-hmm. so that's uh, my nine tails collection but yeah nine is my favorite pokemon right now yeah that's cool that's a, that's our first nine tails jake i don't think we've had no a, we have a, not another, had nine tails. No, i do so appreciate really the, that answer because it, he's very right like he, it's a beautiful pokemon mm-hmm. and i th- i find it interesting that you know um a lot of people will find that one Pokemon and then just like like yourself, just collect every card of that yeah. specific Pokemon. So like, uh, I find that very awesome. And it is a first uh, for Imagine us. Imagine that Charizard fun, right? Imagine yeah. a Charizard fun. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. To collect Our... all the Charizards. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I can't do that. I, I, I'm I can't do with that. Dragapult. <laughs> yeah. It's an easier start as a new player. Just a... Definitely. That's good. Yeah, it is true. It is. All right. Um, so for our third question, what's your favorite card in the game? It could be for whatever reason. So mechanic, uh, artwork, you know, there's just, there's a multitude, but which, what is your favorite? It... So my favorite card is actually uh, from Jungle. It's a big tribal from Jungle, like the mm-hmm. second set that was released in Pokemon TCG. It was mm-hmm. based set Jungle and Fossil, I guess. Because I started collecting Pokemon cards since base set. Wow. Then I kind of forget, well, not forget, then I kind of stop collecting cards at some point of Pokemon, start to play more video games, especially like uh, Nintendo games and mm-hmm. computer games. And I kind of stopped collecting cards. And one day at home, I found that big tribal card in like uh, in my house. I don't remember where, but I remember to find that big tribal card. And that was the the situation or the moment the key that i uh, come back to the pokemon collection thing and after the collection thing how i started playing so maybe if i never find that big trivial car maybe i will never go to the collection car uh, collection thing again and then we, wow. i will maybe never touch the game uh, in my life so that's like a change in my mind in like in my, in my life to actually that's say crazy. Uh, let's collect again and that's how it becomes the day-to-day to actually playing competitively and like living with pokemon that's crazy and that is that is the best story i've heard about a card ever that was honestly awesome that's great um okay well my mind's blown uh jake i'll let you take that last question well yeah so the last question we always ask uh the worst card in the game um now or in the past what um what would that be in your mind uh i guess it's crashing hammer um uh, because it's something that I guess it doesn't help the players to become better at the game because uh, so many players probably stop his process to become better because they play that card in their deck. So if they lose, they blame sometimes because they flip tails. And if they win, they think they win because they were better, but maybe they win because sometimes they flip the hammerheads to win the game. So I guess it's a really car. It's a bad card, in my opinion, of course, for two reasons. For that reason that doesn't help the player to become better at the game. You, I always recommend to everyone to play cards that actually you need to think about decisions. And the other aspect that I don't like of the car is like uh, a card you cannot control by your actions. Uh, if it's heads or tails, it's just RNG that sometimes is going to be better for you, sometimes going to be bad for you. So I don't like to play cards that actually uh, depends the RNG instead of your own skills. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I do want to ask you, uh, since we're newer and uh, mm-hmm. Crushing Hammer is actually my personal uh, pick for this. Uh, um, and I feel in this specific meta, since we're so quick, that if you get one Crushing Hammer head, mm-hmm. that just kind of holds a lot of decks because the format is so quick. Um, but Hammers is not a new card. Um, in the past, when it was maybe a slower um, um, meta, was it as oppressive or, or bad in your mind? Yeah, before wasn't that bad or great because, like you said, now the the games sometimes finish in like two or three turns, especially with you face ADP Sassian. If ADP Sassian gets like the GX uh, and ADP survives, normally wins the game. So normally, because now the meta is like, like you said, super, super fast and games are two or three turns and the Crashing Hammer can actually change the game to a win or a lose. 
Um, I guess before wasn't that bad degree and wasn't played because the meta before was like just a tap, right? And the game takes like maybe 10, 20 turns. So before this meta, uh, card I didn't like it too much was probably um, the Marshall or Ledlus, even if I play it, even if I played it when I become top four at worst, uh, that card. I guess that card is kind of not really well balanced because it's a Pokemon that you could play turn one uh, and put the opponent uh, with four cards in hand only and before you could also even play supporter. So you could actually make turn one your supporter, your setup, and then put the opponent uh, that the opponent can't control that in all, at only four cards at hand. So it's a card I play when I become tougher awards, but I guess it's unfair, yeah. Yeah, that's fair for sure. <laughs> All right. Wow. So th those are some those are some of our most unique answers to date, I think. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, so thank you for sharing that information <laughs> yeah. with us. And I, I know a lot of our listeners really got to learn something really neat there. So I did. <laughs> I'm yeah. still blown by your favorite card. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, what we will do here real quick is uh, we will before we get into the news, we'll stop, take a small break and hear our whimsy watch. Hello, it's time once again for another Whimsy Watch. This week, we look at how Mewtwo is taking over the meta, and Luke Meadow might be on the rise. But first, we need to congratulate our new Players' Cup champion, Azul GG. He went 6-0 in the finals with Rapid Strike Urshifu. Great job, I watched it all and it was a sight to see. Alright, back to the meta. I am seeing Mewtwo and Mew go ham this week with four tournament victories. This is the Aurora box that finds what it needs for the right situation. Mew 3 has pretty even matchups across the board, so it's merely up to the player to get the deck's many options available to it and apply them in the right situation. Another deck enjoying success this week was Lucario and Melmetal with the Zacian V. This old metal wall still has some gas left in its tank. With the top of the meta share being heavy in VMAX oriented decks like E-Turn and Rapid Strike Urshifu, this was a very savvy meta call, boasting very good matchup win rates against those VMAX decks. Uh, Luke Metal rode favorable matchups to Tournament Glory. Just gotta watch out for those fire decks, still don't have a good answer for that. Now moving on to a quick look at our top three in the meta share. You're going to see ADP in the top spot again. Then Rapid Striker Shifu comes in second. And Eternatus VMAX rounds out the top three. With Azul's Player Cup 3 win this, this week with Rapid Strike Urshifu, expect even more of those quick hitting bears out there. Lastly, if you're wondering when Player Cup 4 starts, that answer is now. So get to grinding those keys and good luck. That's going to wrap up this week. But be sure to jump into our Discord server where we just started our grand tournament to find out what will be the best card we are losing from this year's rotation. It's up on Challenge, and you can find info via our Triple P Discord, links in the show notes, or over at Watch Whimsy on Twitter. Thanks, guys, and I'll see you all next week. All right. Thank you, Chuck. Awesome job as always. Um, but now it's time for the news. Okay, so Jake, uh, I think the biggest one that we got to talk about right away is obviously with the official announcement, we finally know what happened in Players' Cup 3. Yeah. And <laughs> our winner for that is Zol GG. So, uh, which is funny because I think he had some weird timing with videos about his state of the game <laughs> when he was talking about Players' Cup 3. Uh, um, and, then, and then won it. <laughs> I don't remember the state of the game with the uh, with Players Cup recently. I I, I might have missed something, but uh, just going into um, just watching the games live or or pre recorded as they were live, right, right. Um, I watched every single one of his nine games where he just smacked Pika <laughs> like it was nothing. Uh, super like yeah. I mean, I know it's a, a great matchup for for. Uh, the the Urshifu, uh, um, but still surprised that Pika couldn't pull like one or two games out. Um, what what do you guys think about the that specific matchup, or just the, just the the run in general, or anything with the whole um, uh, casting? 
Uh, yeah, real qu- real quick, that's why for our listeners, uh, he did reveal it in a YouTube video. I might have the link in the show notes below, but uh, it was he ran straight Urshifu Rapid Strike. Yes. So very interesting. Uh, he he goes into a lot of details there. We'll definitely I suggest listening to that uh, on his decisions for that. But it makes sense at the time. Again, he did face a lot of Pikaram. So, uh, but Sunichi, uh, can you? What's your thoughts on Azul's take uh, on Players Cup Three? Yeah, I guess Azul, definitely one of the best players in the world, for sure. Uh, really competitive, uh, continue to always doing well, no matter if it's in real life or online tournaments. He also plays a lot. Uh, TCG so definitely helps to become better because more you practice, more inconsistently you get better at the game. So mm-hmm. he, after he qualified, I guess he picked a really good choice for the event because normally when a new set uh, starts, a new set uh, becomes legal, Always there is a lot of hype of the new cards uh, to actually play the place, but in a top 16 players cap final qualifier, some people are worried or some people are kind of like, I don't want to play a new uh, deck because I still don't have enough practice. So that's why so many people actually go for like the safe choice. Like, all right, I've pract- I qualify with Welder, for example, I will play Welder or I qualify with Pika, I will play Pika. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the easy choice because you also have fair, feel really comfortable with the deck you qualify. So Azul actually going for like, even if I don't have enough practice because the deck is the deck was legal yeah. like some days before, yeah. I'm going for this pick because I guess he said that he, I, uh, he guessed like the Urshifu uh, will be really good to actually beat or have a really good matchup against the Natus or pick a deck that what, that was, uh, what was he expected and definitely work it out perfectly with the mm-hmm. Jirachi version. Yeah. Uh, that actually Stella Wish and the Scoop Up Net has a really good synergy for the deck. And he definitely touched it really well against Saki uh, for because the Mimikyu for the Mewtwo yeah. or the Jirachi GX to stop the weakness. So definitely really good uh, meta game he made, really good deck build because I guess the deck was insanely good for, uh, for a meta starts because normally when meta starts, always the first builds are kind of weird because people don't have enough practice. And then after some weeks or some months people actually make the best decks of the new uh, set so definitely i'm really happy for him because he made a really good job with the decklist and definitely well deserved champion yeah i i couldn't agree more yeah Uh, just watching him and and some of the decision making processes throughout the game um were plays that i just as a newer player just barely a year in um didn't really see and it, it, it taught me a lot um, just in sequencing in general and decision making. Mm-hmm. So I would highly suggest um, if anybody didn't get to watch those live to go back on to Pokemon's site and, and watch those gameplays because uh, now he, he piloted that uh, masterfully. Yeah. yeah, and I have to say, like, um, it, it was interesting because I think. I, I the way I looked at the deck when I first saw the how he built it and everything, I was like, wow, he just took out Scorch and put in Urshifu. Um, and wow, yeah, that no works welder. really well. <laughs> yeah, no welder. So yeah, he, I mean, he had, um, I know he talked about some misplays with the Marnies, but uh, he also talked about how they were like one of the bigger impacts uh, throughout his run, especially after his first loss, round loss, um, or first or second round loss. And mm-hmm. he talked about, you know, just the impact that had and what he had to pay attention to. And I think, he even said like I, he got lucky because he sh- he knew he shouldn't have Marty at one point and you know I I think it takes a lot uh, for a player to recognize when they've made an error yeah um and hey yeah he he might have won and that error you know still allowed him to it win the cost game him, but, but to yeah. recognize a misplay is always a, a huge thing as a player right. for sure yeah so I uh, unbelievable feat to do especially with like you said a newer deck. Um, one that a lot of people are shying away from and great meta call by him. So, yeah. uh, which is another aspect of the game. It's, it's not easy to make that call. So, and then um, he goes on after this. Um, so it was official, um, on Sunday and then he goes on and plays in, on, uh, the Glenwood challenge uh, yesterday, Monday, and just goes nine Oh wins the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so he's just, he's on fire right now. Yeah. <laughs> And talking about tournaments, we're actually going to be holding our second Saturday Select. Um, And this Saturday Select will be on May 15th at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, Prize support for this will be 100 plus packs in the prize pool, depending on, uh, I mean, myself and Nick will be putting 100 Mm -hmm. plus, uh, depending on how many people join, we'll have more there. Um, And winner will also get a golden level ball. Ooh, 
be great. Yeah. Good. Good card. It's a good yeah. card. Yeah, and it, I think it will just get better and better as uh, you know we hit rotation and single yeah. deck, uh, single prizers become more relevant. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's definitely a, we know that level ball has been extremely helpful for mad party which recently just won another event so um uh you know hey added a little, little bling to it uh which is uh pretty nice and uh the other thing since we're talking about rotation uh mm-hmm. the official date for rotation has been dropped so september 10th here for us uh that will be the official rotation to sword and shield up only um you know when it comes to this uh, we've had a couple tournaments that have highlighted this uh, uh, a sword and shield up only cards. Um, you know, we've run, had one Jake, uh, but Sinichi, uh, you yourself, you've been playing in quite a bit of those. Uh, can you kind of give our listeners an insight, um, uh, an insight in what you have thought about in terms of the, uh, the sword and shield meta only? So yeah, I played some Talemon challenges, like a tournament that I, uh, in play limitless CCG website there is tournaments every day and Talemon Challenge is kind of every week and mm-hmm. he organized tournaments with Sword and Shield on uh, like the future format we will have uh, 10 September uh, so uh, I had really really I had so much fun so far playing the the meta game still we have some uh, sets to get released like the Child in Rain set in uh, June, I guess. And then mm-hmm. the world set uh, that we don't have worlds this year, but the world set will be also mm-hmm. uh, for rotation. So with the set we have so far, I really enjoyed it how the meta game is because every week the Taliban challenge most popular deck change. For example, uh, I guess one tournament Toek is won, Toek is VMAX, then the next day Victini VMAX was like the most played yeah. deck because kind of. Uh, beat Toekis Bimax so has a good matchup and then the next week Intel on Bimax was the most popular so actually <laughs> the, the meta changed, uh, uh, changed so much and it's really funny and um, the games are definitely uh, taking more time and taking more turns than now what is definitely great because especially because ADP Sassian uh, leaves the format so actually more one price attackers decks uh, can see play and yep. also uh, the, the energy X rotating makes the you need to actually be careful with your resources. So it's more like a more control game with like money, saving resources, and then trying to dig for the winning card with Croats because now there is no more the then. And so mm-hmm. I'm fine, definitely fine, really interesting the new format and hopefully, well, the new futures for Angelon and mm-hmm. hopefully the new sets, the Challenge Rain and the future uh, August uh, or September. Uh, set makes the format uh, definitely better but it's really good so far mm-hmm. uh, the only bad thing i found so far is like if you go first uh, and you play victini v and you face a v deck victini v max sometimes kind of unfair to turn to boss a basic v but it's not that bad like adpgx turn one or, or yeah yeah is one press attacker so definitely seems promising and i guess the team's gonna take longer turns for this great yeah. yeah. So I actually had a couple questions since I haven't actually played um, in a table mon in probably two months or so. Um, and I haven't played since this new set has come out. Um, is Cricketune seeing more play in that format than it is now? So I saw some decks that actually play, like Intellion, for example, play Cricketune. Some big teeny decks are actually playing Cricketune. Actually, so many archetypes are joining at least one copy mm-hmm. because, like, the lack of the den and the lack of. Uh, speed like before makes that you sometimes want to draw more cards so definitely the cricket is watching more play uh, i really like it to have at least one in every deck i play for so for sure yeah yeah and as far as welder decks that well not welder decks fire decks um victini's basically it is Senna Scorch seeing any play or any success in this format yeah what i what i saw so far is victini's definitely the most popular fire deck because with only two turns like attachment mm-hmm. and pass and then turn two boss you can actually kill uh, basic v's in one hit other than tyrannitar v i guess you just want to kill every mm-hmm. v basic um and yeah so Angelon is full of basic v's or you just go for like a one press attacker uh, way with like cinderace or a uh, mad party or stuff like that but definitely the most popular things are pokemon v decks and that's why big team is definitely the most popular and saint discord is not watching so much play so far that's fair. That's kind of what I figured, but I just figured I'd ask because uh, Santa Scorch is still kind of a popular deck currently in the meta right now. 
so what have you been playing personally though in these events have you been playing the victini or were you been trying to do other other some some of the like the single prizer decks at all normally i always like to change uh, when i can play tablet challenge almost every week i try to change decks to actually nice. test new archetypes so far i played so much cinderace because it feels so funny to set up cinderace with chinchino and snorlax um, I also played like two events, I guess, uh, Victini with uh, one week I played it with Vicinchino to try to set up a really good board. And another week I played Victini VMAX with the last week, I guess, with Inteleon, the support water Inteleon. So you get easily the turn to boss because level ball uh, gets the drizzles, then or the Inteleon with the Pokecoms or Evolution Incense. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I got like 6 2 or 5 2 with the Victini Inteleon because it's really cool to just attach turn one, put a sobel, and turn two, the drizzle guarantee you the boss. Mm-hmm. Um, I also played Inteleon VMAX one week. Uh, didn't went really well for me, but my friend Medi playing the same deck made of four to paid. So yeah, wow. every week trying to make, play a different deck. And I am always enjoying every deck I'm playing uh, so far because like 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 we said, the games are not more uh, not anymore ADPGX, so I cannot do anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, last question I have regarding it is uh, with chilling rain, what has been revealed? What are you most concerned about or what are you most excited about with chilling rain and how that might impact the sword and shield up meta only? Um, you know, we, we've, we've been harping on the last couple of weeks here, uh, Shadow Rider, Kaliax, VMAX, because woo, Psychic is getting a <laughs> crazy boost. Uh, and then also Melanie uh, for water. Uh, how about you? What, what have you thought about the cards? So- I didn't read the full set yet, but I saw some cards, like you said, really interesting, like the new welder for water, right? Or kind of because through three cards. I also saw the, the Calyrex psychic stuff. And I guess yesterday I saw some results from Japan because I always like to see how the Japan meta, Japanese meta is evolving to actually check uh, how they actually manage to, uh, to play the meta or what is becoming better or worse every single uh, tournament so when the tournaments comes up to america and, and europe i already have information about all right what topic in japan before so i saw yesterday a chart about the tournament in japan that like the top 16 or top 32 or top 32 or something like that was mm-hmm. only one or shifu and <laughs> were like 20 eternatus uh because wow. for some reason in japan uh, is super popular like the psychic uh Calyrex uh, new card. So Urshifu saw a really, really, really low, low, low uh, right. shows. Like almost no one plays Urshifu, almost no one top deck with Urshifu because the hype of the psychic uh, Calyrex. So then that means that the Natus went back to the format, at least for the last Japanese tournament. Now probably going to change again because maybe <laughs> people will touch the new Galarian Sapdos probably. Uh, mm-hmm. So then maybe the Natus go less play. But yeah, it's like a. It's like a triangle, right? Because Eternatus beats the Psychic in theory, Psychic beats yep. Urshifu and Urshifu Eternatus. So really interesting to see the new Psychic deck, the especially that uh, for the new set. Yeah, for sure. And one card that I'm very interested in the effect of the meta, especially Sword and Shield up, but even going on to the next um, is Path of the Peak. Do you see that being almost an auto include in, in quite a few decks or or what is your thought process on that um, of the path of the peak? Yeah, I'm not sure because it looks, looks fine, it looks great, but uh, I guess we will see with the play, with the meta game, how it evolves mm-hmm. to actually see if it's actually broken or just uh, so much hype, but it's gonna be interesting to watch. Uh, but I guess we need to actually wait to see how if it's actually really played or not. But yeah, yeah, see. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of people playing Crobats yeah. <laughs> when uh, <laughs> paths out. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> but yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, limit or sword and shield up. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. I'm gonna give this kind of last couple months a farewell yeah. tour to Pika Ram because that's the deck <laughs> I came into the game with and uh, had the most success so far with. Uh, and I know a lot of people don't like it, but uh, Pika Ram uh, <laughs> is treated me well. <laughs> I, I will be sad when it rotates. I love Pika, so yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm the only one who's like, I can't wait for those tag teams to get out of here. Give me the new <laughs> stuff. Uh, no, because I, I came in at Sword and Shield only. So that's why I've been, I don't know, Jake Jake will be like telling me something like, oh, that's not good right now because 
it's you know because adp or something like that i'm like yeah i'm thinking sword and shield only already <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i've been thinking that for like a year you're, you're you're like you're like four months ahead of us right now you're just like adp what is this what like yeah. is that even oh, legal it's, it's, <laughs> Uh, it's such a pain because I've been playing some, uh, personally, I've been playing that Kyogre deck I made a while ago and um, the Amazing Rare one. And if I don't face ADP, I have a great Kyogre matchup. might be a thing, especially with Mew going away and, oh, and the ADP threat. So, I mean, Kyogre, we had a really big hype area. Um, and then it kind of just is under the radar. So that might be a deck, you know, to look out for, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. Before we move on to our next topic here with you, I, I wanted to ask, when a set changes, because Jake, again, Jake and I haven't really gone through a large rotation like this. And as a player like yeah, yourself. Yeah, was very new when it, it, this one happened, or the last one happened. So I was like, most of those cards I didn't even... Right. I didn't even realize. <laughs> so how should players kind of prepare for a big shift in this regard? Because yes, they might have been playing with some of these cards, so they understand this is coming. Is there a process that you've had in the past that you go, okay, I'm going to really sit down and reevaluate things? Or do you just kind of like, okay, I know it's kind of worked and I'm just going to expand upon it? Yeah, normally my recommendation always is like, because some people, like you said, like some friends told me like, I don't want to buy this car or I don't want to play this car because it's going to rotate in like some months. Mm -hmm. I always have the mind about, all right, if you think you can enjoy a deck or you're enjoying one current deck or something, just buy it or play it because it's the only time you will actually be able to enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's going to rotate for sure. But then when it rotates, you will think about that later. But so many friends told me like, oh, Pedro, I guess, should I buy this? Because it's going to rotate in six months. Should I buy this? Because maybe it's not really good in September. I always said, enjoy the deck now and don't think about the future right so i remember when my first rotation come like in the first wars i come and then rotation happened i was like super confused because like or i was using this card for so many months i don't know what to do anymore but normally you just need to wait the time goes and you will actually update for sure and prepare for the new card so it's a big change because it's a completely new meta and completely new cars and you will definitely the first time you play the new format you will miss like where is my dedene or where is my yeah <laughs> but this uh i guess it's a matter of time and i want to recommend uh, my advice to everyone is like if you're thinking about rotation and don't want to buy something or don't want to play something everyone says play it now because it's the time that you can be able to play enjoy it and then mm -hmm. in september you will for sure find a new deck and definitely it's always worth it to buy the cars, even if they are going to rotate because you want to enjoy that time. So always worth in my opinion. Yeah. And especially if you're in the game for a while or you plan to be in the game for a while, exactly. those cars that rotate, you'll, you'll always still have them and you can just look back either in your binder or if you exactly. uh, like get, get them graded or something like that, you're like fond memories is like kind of like a personal, like uh like feeling to that deck. So yeah, yeah. playing, playing what you love and, and, and at the same time, obviously if it's good, um, is always, you know, advisable, I think. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, so the next major topic we really wanted to talk about, and I know this is something Jake has been interested in yes. uh, for a little while, especially when he, when he first wanted to start talking to you, uh, and get, have you on the podcast. Um, so teams, uh, even though this is a single player kind of game, uh, in terms of when you show up and actually you're at a tournament, but there's a lot of preparation that you're doing beforehand. And a lot of players do that with teams. Um, you know, you know, Jake and I, I'll let Jake take away with the main question here, but yeah. uh, that's the kind of, that's the main topic for our listeners coming up is talking about teams, how to handle teams and forming them. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, first and foremost, um, how do you identify um, players that you want to be in teams with? Um, and then, to expand upon that, like what is like a good like number of players in a team before it starts to get, you know, too much where there's too many voices in the pot. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the question. So how do you form it? And then like, what's that number of players that's like kind of that sweet spot? Yeah. I always think about teams always get, um, it's really better to, for the players because, well, it's the world team, but I always uh, want to call it like a friend, testing group um so i always recommend to not be like super super big because then okay you maybe feel better to to being part of a big team but actually i guess in a like you said it's an individual play game i guess it's always better to have little group little group of uh, friends or little group of testing group 
to talk about and to discuss because always more brains better for 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 improving to to the game because maybe I don't see a play, but you see the play and you can actually talk about it. And then I say, oh, then let's try this play. And then maybe uh, another friend of the testing group said, well, but what about if they open into that? Or, but I guess we need to actually, like you said, limit a number about uh, if this group testing friends is like four or five, that's perfect, or six. But if these are going to 10, 20, then it's not, uh, it's a team, but this is a different because then, mm-hmm. like you said, so many voices, so many staff, so many. So I guess you, I guess everyone, uh, what I recommend to everyone is trying to find a balance. And I guess it's more important than a team. It's more important to have a testing group people, what like your best friends or something, or your local friends. Because for example, where, how I grew up in the game is like, I started to play alone TCG online. Then I asked it in my local city, like stores to play Pokemon. Then I meet like three, four friends, I guess five maximum that we weren't playing every single day uh, that we could meet uh, on the weekends, for example. And after that, I uh, we, I were in a team, like you said, with so many people that it was fun in the beginning, but then with the time to time, I found that this was not great because there were so many people. So then I, I come back to the, to the idea to being alone, or if I have a team, I prefer to be like small, Mm-hmm. Uh, testing friends that you can actually uh, discuss and play around but not so many so I guess it's the, it's the better way um, and you will feel better even if some people want like the all right I want to be in a big thing with so many people okay that's because you want to presume maybe something but you should focus on being better in the game individually right so that's always uh, I guess when you feel better is like finding your best friends to become your testing group because no matter if they are good or bad no matter if they are uh, news in the game or experience if they are your friends you will definitely have more fun and you uh, this is finally a game there's nothing you know too seriously in the, in the life it's just a game so yeah just enjoy it and yeah my recommendation always is like little things that if it's your best friends better because i guess how you're gonna improve in the game yeah for sure uh i that's awesome um yeah i'm i'm in the process of trying to find like so Find a team. <laughs> we, well, well we're, there's a couple players that are more serious about playing it. And we have a, a, a decent size group here in Pittsburgh, but not, not everybody's at the same competitive level. And we're, we're trying to like, and a lot of us are on the same um, level of play, like skill level or like time invested in the game. So we're definitely trying to find more of a focus people in the group to, you know, kind of join in on like a small intimate group um, to get prepared for the, when the world opens back up. Cause Hopefully within like six months or so, we'll start being able to see real um, play in, in real life. So that's kind of the, yeah, I, the process I'm going through um, there. What I do want to ask though is now, so once you do form this team of close friends or, or players or whatnot, however you get to it, um, how do you define like in individual goals or, or, or um, roles? define the roles of each player? Because Obviously, one person can't do like everything. So you'll have a couple of people maybe playing different decks or different variants of decks. How, how do you kind of go about that? Yeah, for example, I can make the example of Limitless CCG. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I want to say about what you said before. I guess there is two different things about being a team um, or being with friends to become better. Another thing is probably like you said, uh, in a local store or local city, we want more players to play the game to involve. So I guess that's different than in that aspect, I guess you want all the people possible because you want yeah. to become a better community. Yes. And then that will be something different than, all right, then I will make like a little thing with two friends or three friends. But yeah, definitely for uh, forming like a really uh, big community, it's definitely better to have so many people because then that will be little groups of testing, right? So yes. eliminate the CG, for example, like you said, um, because sometimes in Pokemon, like in every other game, the ego is something uh, really crucial sometimes, right? I normally don't care too much about my results. Of course, I love how I'm doing, but I always try to be humility with the game because it's just a game. Sometimes I'm going to be here. Sometimes I'm going to be here. So I cannot be super, super proud and say I'm the best when I'm here because when I'm here, I will be, or oh, now what? All right. So mm-hmm. I always try to be humility, but that's not happening so much with so many people. So many players, when they become really good at the game or they pro player, it's really hard to actually manage with the ego. First, because for example, I got regional champion, international champion, top for the goals. I, I got everything I wanted. Uh, like mm-hmm. 
And it was really hard sometimes to manage this ego because sometimes even if you want to be humility, that's the results, right? And some people ask, uh, told you like, but you are the top 10 in the world every single year. And it's, and that, that that fame, that, you know, that stuff is hard to deal sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely it's, you need to have a good mind. It's really important because uh, you cannot be, you know, uh, that egocentric sometimes. So in a team with the best players in the world, like Limila TCG, for example, that we have Robin Schulz, Philip Schulz, uh, Nico Alabas, um, it's me, uh, Jesper Eriksen. Probably the best place in the world, in, in Europe for sure, uh, in the same team, sometimes it's hard to manage this, right? Because everyone wants to be good at the individuality too. Mm -hmm. But we want to help each other, right? right. Or for example, Torreklev, that is not in the team, but is testing with us, right? So it's kind of the same. So I guess we all have a really good mindset about that because we also try to help us each other every time and we are really happy every time someone on the team uh, succeeds and for example in our case i guess every person in the team have a role but it's not like you have this role it's like mm -hmm. while talking in the team uh, unconsciously we have a role that we didn't put ourselves but it's like we have it for example uh, robin schulz uh, test a lot now is the play limitless uh, he managed the website about the tournament. So Robin, yeah. for example, tests a lot and test uh, when we play tournaments in real life, there's a lot of the decks. We have uh, some ideas. For example, Philip Jules normally focus on making decks that no one expects or no one think about. And Philip Jules uh, showed us decks that we maybe test later, like Robin or me. We tested a lot and we, pr and we practice a lot to make the deck uh, perfect but he becomes with the idea that we maybe never have it. Or for example, Thor is a really good deck builder. So Thor normally makes the best deck build deck list. And then maybe we tried a lot of these decks and then we say, Thor, I guess I found this problem in the deck, or I guess I, uh, this card is not, it's really useless. I guess we can uh, change it. Um, for example, Nico Alavas always sending good vibes to the team. Nico Alavas always like the positivity about the team, about, you know, trying to have everyone in a good mm -hmm. uh, way. Um, I also test a lot. I also try to give, for example, in a German team, I also, with my Spanish culture, I always try to be like more, I don't know how to say, more funny thing of the team, more uh, <laughs> entertainment in the team yes, because yes. Yeah, uh, funny German yeah. culture is different. So yeah, I guess everyone has a role, but we didn't do it on purpose. Just uh, we connect each other really well. and everyone has his uh, little thing to put that everyone actually help each other to become uh, the thing we are yeah for sure yes it sounds like just everybody fell into where they where they need to be or where they're 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 meant to be kind of well, as, you, as far you, as their role i think you brought up a good point you got to be comfortable with your team if you, exactly. if you try to force the team together what you could end up doing is causing more issues in the long run because oh what if i don't want to do that role anymore but it, it can yeah. having you know because again it's still the game is still single player right now like there yeah. is no two versus two which would be a really cool format um <laughs> but uh, but i mean again it's just one of those impacts in the game that um how it is and so that's that's really neat a really neat insight that you you're bringing to us here because i think a lot of people here you know like lesage and azul and you you're on a team and, but like it's again understanding the point of the team and more importantly your friends yep which that's first and foremost i think exactly. um so and it doesn't hurt that you know whenever irl plays starts up um you, you know you're always there you want to do well individually um but when you go with a group of friends or a team of like five or six and like you can share the success so like you know uh pedro does well you're like, you're like super happy for him even if you're not having a good individual day like if you have team members like you can that's still something to keep you excited and engaged in the tournament or the, the game where like yeah like Pedro's doing awesome i can't i'm pumped for him and i i hope i kind of had a little bit of an influence on that specific uh, mm -hmm. deck that he might be running or something to that effect so yeah. the last example for example was like Torreklev uh, in the players cup three that the soul won mm -hmm. philip Chules created like the urshifu chinchino deck we started thinking it wasn't great or wasn't that good, but Philip always have this mind to actually 
put chinchin on every deck, for example. Um, <laughs> then he had the idea, and then Robin, Tor, Nico, and me start testing the deck a lot. And then we actually figured out the deck was really good. So then we practiced, perfectioned the deck, and helped Tor every single day to test the deck. For example, I remember one week before the tournament, like Monday, Tor tested with Nico, for example, all the day. Tuesday, he tested with me all the day. If Wednesday, he tested with Robin all the day. And we helped him. And yeah. we, we weren't playing the, we were not playing the top 16 because only Tor qualified. But that doesn't yeah. mean we don't care. We, we just said, Tor, we're going to test with you every single day the, the deck. We're going to test with you every single day a different uh, matchup. And then when he become top four uh, and got the travel award, we were all happy for him because he got it with the help and all the team. And we win nothing, but we happy for him because he's our right. friend. That's yeah. what I want to say. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point for sure. Do you have any other advice uh, that you think uh, regarding teams and understanding how players should not just approach the creation of them, but more along the lines of evaluating the impact um, or, you know, like again just any other general advice for our listeners that you have on just being a part of a team and working together uh in on a deck yeah my advice for example is always go try to practice for yourself individually if you have time if you have free time and then if you have that extra time to actually play with your friends it's always good to actually listen every point of view i really like to for example play on versus ladder uh, sorry not versus on tcgo but play with a, a friendly matchup against a friend we cut off the timer, for example, and then, for example, if you are playing with your friend or in a team or or something in a Discord call, for example, uh, maybe you want to approach a matchup, and then you can actually play without timer uh, and then do some sequencing. Okay, in this sequencing, we're gonna try to go electrify Bolton into the pickup, for example, and let's see how it goes with full blitz. Then we figure out, okay, the matchup is complicated. Then we will try in this matchup to actually the opening plays not so many switches in the deck. In this matchup, we're gonna try some games electrify the right you to go tandem choke and then hold the match and go. So what I also recommend I also recommend is like Discord calls are really great uh, because you can actually talk and discuss about decks with your friends or testing group or, or team or whatever. Uh, and yeah, test a lot and experience a different um, situation of uh, games or matchups. And about creation, for example, the teams or not. Um, I guess it's not really important to have a team or don't have a team. I guess how we feel better because I was so many years playing top player without being in a team. I was just playing alone individually, testing online and was fine. Um, what I guess is better is trying to find someone that loves the game like you. If it's for sure one of your friends is definitely way better because you have more confidence to actually talk each other more every day. Um, it's probably not important to be in a team. What's more important is to enjoy the game for yourself and you have someone to share it, definitely way better. So that's my opinion. Oh, that's that's awesome. And then a lot of valid points there. So I <laughs> yeah, thank you for that for sure. Um, so yeah, the last kind of um, topic we want to talk about is uh, streaming. I, I you know recently found you uh, thanks to uh, Dan Undurko. Um, and you know, you're one of those top players and I always like originally, you know, um, off the bat, I, you know, I, I know that you're a good player. I can, you know, watch you kind of see how you sequence and whatnot, and maybe learn something from you. But, um, what I found out, you know, after starting watching you, not only that you're a great player, um, but you are probably the most entertaining player to watch, uh, no matter, you know, the matchup, uh, if it's good, bad. Uh, whatever the deck, you just have fun with it. Like sometimes you start singing, sometimes you're just like uh, you're just getting super hyped about it. So um, I just want to talk about yeah, uh, how how long have you been streaming, and um, do you um, do you put any extra effort, I guess, into you know the online personality? Or is that basically how you, who you are in real life? Okay, so that's a really interesting question. I guess I was streaming for like. Two, three years, I don't remember uh, exactly. But my streams were only uh, because my life before uh, COVID was competitive player. So my life was like every weekend traveling to play Pokemon and be one of the best players in Europe to get travel awards to go to international. So my life for like three years uh, was uh, going Thursday or Friday to a tournament, going back on Monday, Tuesday, 
clean the clothes and then two days later <laughs> go to another and that was every single weekend so my streamings wow. were like two three days uh, a week only because the other time i was flying or competing right so i wasn't streaming too much but only the few time i was at home so after covid uh, happened i said all right now that i cannot travel anymore there is no tournament anymore so i'm gonna start streaming more frequently so right now i stream in like six seven days a week normally i take one day off every week or every two weeks and mm-hmm. um, yeah like you said um normally my personality i guess when you're streaming is uh is um it's a mix between your personality and of course you are making a you are making like a highly reaction to entertain more yeah the people of course uh my spain culture is like super entertainment super funny but in streaming sometimes you need to exaggerate just because you're actually doing a work right my work as a content creator is trying to play pokemon well but i also know 80 90 of the people that watch me they are probably casual so they just enjoy the game because they like the game but they yeah. are not pro players like azul or Thor. so because the 89 maybe base of the viewers are just casual that they want to enjoy watching pokemon if i do what all the streamers does they maybe go to another streamer so if i do something different maybe they catch the, the idea to say oh i have fun I, i like to watch pokemon but with pedro for example i enjoy <laughs> too because his reactions or his uh, dancing or his singing or stuff like that so that's yeah. why Uh, of course, I'm not that in real life that exaggerated. <laughs> so many people told me, but Pedro, you when you play tournaments in real life, do you dance? Do you see <laughs> dance of your opponent? You're like, yeah, I gotcha. Uh, no, no, that's just my work as a Twitch streamer to actually entertain. So it's like yeah. a mix mm, between like I'm a really positive person, a really positive guy. So yeah, my goal, my mainly goal when I'm streaming is like other than play Pokemon like in a super good level is more than that is just uh, entertain the people and people can actually get two things in one uh, try to actually be better at the game because maybe they actually saw how i'm playing so maybe they become better but more important i think is like this is like a show right yeah. so i want to i want to make twitch like a show that people actually turn on me not for the game they my goal is that at some point people watch me because they want to watch my personality yeah not, yeah because the game so that's my long goal as a twitch streamer uh instead of just playing pokemon um so well, yeah, i appreciate the honesty because that, that's actually really tough to admit for a lot of people so again I, we, we really appreciate that answer and openness because again you know uh as content creators go and everything uh twitch twitch can be a little demanding And so yeah. to be able to put that energy, that 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 flair, that excitement that you have while you do play, it's really impressive, and it definitely goes a long way because you're definitely very exciting to watch. And so I, I, you know, again, I appreciate that honest stance there mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, that's definitely as a newer streamer something I want to work on because um, I'm still again new to streaming, new to Pokemon. I de- I definitely <laughs> want to get a little bit more personality. Obviously, not taking any from you, but I like uh i don't think you should be more Jake. entertaining no i don't think i don't think that nobody wants to see that but uh you know just be a little bit more upbeat it's, it's I, for me it's a little hard at the start to interact with the you know the 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 chat play decent pokemon and you know just kind it's of hard. it's actually stressful and it's actually harder than people think oh but- yeah because yeah like going into it i was like oh this shouldn't be too bad because uh, i'm a very talkative person uh, you know when, when the time comes but like sometimes on stream like I'm, i get a little flustered uh, even if it's just ladder play it's like trying to have that personality or talking and then jumping on to the game on the same time so mm-hmm. um i appreciate uh what you bring to the table it's uh it's yeah. definitely not easy but you make it look that way <laughs> Now, uh, when it comes to while you're playing and streaming and everything, you know, have you ever been playing uh, stream play and you're just, you know, you're looking and you really have reevaluated like a matchup that has come up before where you're like, wait, why did I do that? Um, have you ever kind of seen that while you're streaming or have you primarily kind of seen that only when you're, uh, you know, a- outside of the streaming uh, or the, the one you're not on Twitch? So normally, um, I guess it depends if I'm actually competing or not. Uh, of okay. course, versus Slav, for example, 
every time I face a bad match, I always try to smile. I always try to because some people, for example, get mobile and they get like super annoying, super oh, sad. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's me. And it's like it's just a game. So sometimes when I mobile <laughs> or sometimes I have like the Dene Crobat in hand, it's like please mobile me, please mobile me, emotion, you know. <laughs> always try to see the game in the different way and try to not be salty or for example uh sometimes uh it's like all right if you crashing hammer me please come crashing hammer me four times head so if i win i will feel better stuff like mm -hmm. that but normally for example like if i'm playing competitively depending on the tournament and depending on the day i maybe get uh more frustrated for example because again i'm super winning and then three hammer heads you know <laughs> winning or something of course i have this competitively thing in my in my life that I, of course, I never like to lose, but I manage, okay, if I lose, it doesn't matter. I need to learn why I lose, or I need to learn every time I play a game, winning or losing, I will try to see uh, what I maybe do bad, or could I actually play better the game? That's why it actually uh, makes you a better player, no matter if you lose or win, because another problem I see so many times in the community or my Twitch viewers is when they said, and they sat because they lose too much or they sat because they don't get results. And one thing I learned with one of my friends that was testing with me Pokemon that is not playing Pokemon anymore is like results never matters. Like results will come at some point for his own. But if you get frustrated because results or you focus too much in results, you will never get the point of the game. What is becoming better at the game and being a better player at being a better player every day. So. Mm. Even if we, even if I win 10-0 a tournament, when I turn off streaming or I just stop competing, I said in round four and round six, I made this misplay. I cannot dismiss. I cannot make this misplay. That's what I think because that 10-0 could be five-five sometimes because you, Pokemon is a skillful but sometimes RNG factor that you yeah, cannot yeah, control, mm -hmm. right? Or sometimes I, you just wake up and play worse than other days. Of course, you never play in a really the same level. But the important thing is like when you finish a tournament or you just uh, finish a competition to think or to note, okay, these games, I guess I lose because of that. Or this game, I guess I could marn instead of research because I lose so many resources with research that I, I need it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like you said, it depends on the on the tournament, on the streaming, so on the day sometimes, right? Because I remember I lost so many winnings in my real life. I lost so many money like so much money in one match for example yeah and always i always try to keep it in like the good things right every time i lose it's like i'm sad of course but when times happens i always think about the positive things about that and i remember one tournament i lost the finals an online tournament i was like super super uh, sad like super angry for losing uh, that finals because i was like super competitive and then the next day i think I rewatched the vote and I said, okay, I lose because I made this bad play. So I need to recheck that. Why I made that play? Why I didn't see that play coming? It's because I was tired, because I was focused on that. And that's how you improve in the game. Yeah. 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 Self-reflection is definitely, I think, the biggest thing to become, you know, jump into that next level if you, if that's what your uh, goal in the, the game is uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, the last question I kind of really have as far as streaming. Um, uh, especially like just playing ladder are, are you focused more on um meta decks or are you trying to find that kind of rogue janky deck that um is is more entertaining and, and maybe something that you know the audience might not have seen before um so what's kind of your approach to that normally on streaming um well out of streaming when we had tournaments in real life i always test the deck uh that i practice for a big tournament for example i normally between one of two decks i thought i test and I talk with my friends and my testing group. And in streaming, I always think uh, it's always cool to watch. Like I always put myself or if I will be the viewer watching Pedro, what will keep my eyes in the screen continue, like not turning off the streaming because I'm, so every time I think on that, I always try to play decks that people will actually be interested to continue watching. So then I think I'm not gonna play DP Sassian in a streaming, I'm not gonna play Eternatus in streaming, I'm not going to play decks that are linear, that you cannot change the game which you play. We just, you just go ADP, attach GX, post, post, or in Eternatus, you go Eternatus, attach full based on to uh, Chaos. So I always try to sing, to, to play decks 
that uh, the community can enjoy watching. And that's normally two kinds of decks, new decks or raw decks that people actually enjoy watching, or uh, sequencing decks like Chinchino decks or uh, stuff like that that you actually, I'm actually explaining during the gameplay why I'm doing that place and why I'm doing level ball first, why I'm doing quick ball first, or why I'm making make and do ability first before the supporter, why I'm making supporter before, why I'm attaching uh, after uh, make and do. And then people actually can improve while watching. So normally it's two, well, three kind of decks. Uh, rogue decks because they are funny to watch. Yep. Sequencing decks, Chinchino decks mainly in this format. Or coin flip decks, right? People love to see like grammar and maracus <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Because like we said, <laughs> like we said, if I wanted to, for example, hmm, win so many versus matches or win so many tournaments, maybe I should go full ADP Sassian, for example. Yeah, but I do this like with like I said before. I do this for the eighty nine percent of the viewers that maybe are casuals. I'm doing a show. I'm not playing Pokemon in a really high level. I'm trying to make a mix between playing good, but I'm doing a show that people mm -hmm. enjoy while watching me every single day, like two three hours. Mm -hmm. I need that they enjoy watching the streaming. So no, that's that's awesome. That's great. All right. Well. Uh... I that, I'm out of questions, Jake. I don't know about you. Do you have no, any left? No, I think I think that's about it. I know it's uh really late a, for for Pedro yeah. right here. <laughs> I do appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, staying up late for us. Um, it's just super yes. awesome of you. Um, but before we go, do you have any shout outs and plugs? Well, thanks to you guys for uh, inviting me. It was really fun. Mm -hmm. uh, really fun. And I hopefully uh, it was a good uh, interview. I really like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, shout out to to my team, Limitless CCG, for, uh, well, really good team, really good friends. Yeah. Um, so, well, and I guess uh, you can watch me, guys, every single day. If it's the first time you're actually watching me and listening to me, guys, you can watch me on Twitch every single day, Sininchi18. Uh, on Twitch, Sininchi on Twitter. I play Pokemon every day for fun and always try to make an inter entertainment and interactive uh, content. Now we have Players Cup Keys. I'm going to play all my Players Cup Keys on a streaming. Uh, yeah. Like I always said, people told me, Pedro, but don't play Players Cup Keys on a streaming because they will stream sniping me. I don't care. It's like one, stream, one sniper is one viewer, right? So that's actually <laughs> perfect. Um, yeah, I will play all my keys on a streaming during this month. Um, and yeah, I guess that's all. Thank you so much. Um, it was really fun. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And all the links again for all uh, for everything with Nietzsche, it will be in the show notes below. So check him out. He's so much fun to watch. Uh, it truly is. And I think that's going to do it for us here yep. this week. So thank you again for joining us, Pedro. Um, all the way with a big time gap difference for us and staying up extremely late for us here. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And we'll see everyone next time. Yep. Have a good one. Thank you again for listening to the Triple P Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at PitPokePod. You can join our Facebook group and Discord server to play and chat all things Pokemon. Check out our YouTube channel and we stream openings, matches, and events on twitch.tv slash Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. <laughs>